Mondays on Radio 191 FM. Ahi ahi. These are your Radio 1 Te Reo Idirangi Kotahi 91 FM news headlines for Taite Tuko a Marama Ono. Ko Quintin Tene. OUSA could be supporting a student candidate in the 2022 Dunedin City Council elections, but have been discouraged from offering them financial support after students cast their votes on the issue in a recent OUSA student referendum. While students broadly supported the motion to run candidates in the local body elections, online voters were warned that OUSA funding their candidacy could lead to a removal of polling booths on campus. 61% of students voted in favour of OUSA organising student candidates, but this dropped to only 33% of students supporting funding for their campaigns. Former OUSA President Francisco Hernandez ran for the Dunedin City Council in 2013, which led to the Dunedin City Council removing planned polling booths on campus due to a perceived conflict of interest. Speaking to Radio 1, OUSA President Michaela Waite-Harvey wasn't too concerned at the idea that polling booths could be made unavailable on campus. When Francisco Hernandez ran for DCC, there was a significant petition or... um, a position put forward by perhaps other candidates that that proved that it would be an unfair advantage for them. Dunedin City Council Electoral Officer Anthony Morton told Radio 1 that special voting venues for the 2022 elections would not be finalised until after nominations have closed in August next year. He ensured that factors such as favouritism of a candidate within areas of a special voting venue is usually a secondary consideration, behind factors such as what electoral issues are being contested and the spread of potential new electors. President Whitehavy noted that since this question was submitted by a student, there was no plan set in stone for how a candidate would be selected, but there were basic models for how OUSA could help manage candidates. Um, and how I see it going forward is we luckily have a political representative now, um, and this year there's no elections, so largely just doing submissions work, but I would also see a part of second semester the work that our political representative could do is working with those current groups on campus that I know are looking to organise. Mm-hmm. I think the best way to do it isn't just OUSA forcing people and forcing through an OUSA ticket, because yep. I don't necessarily think it's the right branding or the best approach. I think the best approach is working with youth groups on campus, whether that's Gen Vote, whether that's, you know, um, there's youth wings around campus, mm-hmm. there's plenty of political organisations, there's Pulsar, there's many people and many hands makes you know, light work. So the more people we can bring together, we can also then find candidates. Yep. She also reiterated that the referendum isn't binding, meaning that OUSA could still choose to provide funding despite students voting against it. There's many ways that we could help facilitate funding, whether, and you know, referendums aren't exactly binding, so that doesn't mean we can't do that, and it doesn't mean we can't help out in that area. There's plenty of people who've worked in political campaigns on campus already, and they're the people who've come to me saying, let's organise youth candidates. Um, So we have that lived experience of people who've done this before, and they know how to raise funds, and there's plenty of youth organisations and people with deep pockets who want to back youth candidates. 
A small quirk. There was one extra vote cast for the question on funding candidates than was cast for all other questions. President White Harvey assured me that it wasn't an issue with vote counting and that it was likely it was just a person who'd gone and voted for that and only that question. Now over to Radio 1's Molly Kate Mullen. Grabbing a quick snack or buying lunch from outlets on campus is routine for most students. But for celiac and gluten-free students, the under-availability of tummy-friendly options makes eating on campus a chore. Celiac disease is a permanent intestinal reaction to gluten, where the cells lining the small bowel are damaged and inflamed, significantly interfering with the absorption of food and vital nutrients. Gluten consumption can cause long-term damage, including severe weight loss, anemia, and vitamin B deficiencies, neurological issues, osteoporosis, and problems with fertility. Diagnosis is based on three areas, medical history, blood tests checking for antibodies, and in some cases, a small bowel biopsy is taken for examination of tissues. In New Zealand, celiac disease affects approximately 1 in 100 of the population, which puts the University of Otago's student celiac population at just over 200, with possibly hundreds more students suffering from some form of gluten intolerance. Long-time gluten-free student M told Radio 1 that she struggles to find lunch options on campus suited to her dietary needs. There's just not many options if I was here and didn't want to head all the way home. M also found eating at her halls an issue and says the meals served to her often made her sick. It was awful and they made me sick on multiple occasions to the point where I had to have meetings with the head of college and the chef to make meals that I could eat. Campus and Collegiate Life Services Director James Lindsay says that all meals served at residential colleges have cards listing all the allergens in the food. And if meals did not cater for a resident's allergy, a special meal is provided. Furthermore, he says low gluten products are kept separate from other food and wrapped individually. However, under national food standards, unless a kitchen only deals with gluten-free food, all gluten-free products produced in kitchens must be labelled as low gluten due to the risk of cross-contamination from other products in the kitchen. The University of Otago does not have a certified gluten-free kitchen, so all gluten-free food sold on campus is either labelled as low gluten or gets imported from a certified kitchen off campus, meaning there are limited options for celiac students. The Lab Cafe at the University's Centre for Innovation became an entirely gluten-free cafe in 2019, granting gluten-free and celiac students some peace of mind when buying their lunch on campus. However, there remains a limited number of campus outlets that provide substantial, gluten-free friendly meals, with most outlets only selling snack items like slices, cookies and fruit. Gluten-free students after a decent lunchtime meal will have to trek across campus to the Lab Cafe in order to get it. James Lindsay wants students to know that cafe staff members have recipes of all products produced at the university which can be checked for allergens and that they will be receptive to requests for other gluten-free products. Tēnākwe, Molly Kate. The Otago University Medical School has put changes in place to more closely monitor students during their overseas placements after it was revealed in 2019 that 20% of medical students had insufficient attendance in their overseas placements. Medical students on placement overseas were expected to work for 11 out of 12 weeks of their placement. However, reports came out of some students having zero attendance, with those overseas overseeing the placement signing off their attendance, regardless of how long they'd spent on placement. 
a dedicated staff member has also now been put in place to oversee the overseas placements and will monitor student placements electronically, as well as increasing contact with students while on placement. That was the news here on Radio 1. Now, the weather. The Radio 1 91FM weather. A high of around 12 degrees today with fine northwesterlies to start. Clouding over with some rain around midday with a southerly change. These southerlies will die out late this evening and the temperature will drop to around 4 degrees overnight. That's the weather here on Radio 1 Tereo Irirangi Kotahi 91FM.